and welcome back to Box Popcast, the weekly pseudo-academic roundtable of pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and I am once again here with my co-host Hannah and Wayne. How's it going, guys? Hey, Mav. I I, I don't know. It's the same. <laughs> I I really I literally can't tell the weeks apart, except we close like closely like inch toward the election with each passing week, and that is the only difference. I'm still yeah. watching the Bake Off. Okay. Oh, well, the election. Let's just like, that's something of hope. You can just walk towards that with hope and, and, you know, some, someday due to the time travel aspect of the show, we will be, you will be, you, the audience will be listening to an episode that we have recorded before the election, but you'll be listening to it after the election. Oh, no, 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 no. This is the week. (laughs) This is actually the week before the election. This is our last. No, no, no. Oh. No, this is this is two weeks before because yeah. November second is Monday because we release episodes. We can just delete all this because it's okay. We have two more weeks. <laughs> we have two more weeks before we know. Well, probably because okay. the, the election could go on forever. Oh I, God! I, I, I too. So that will that will be horrific. And there's my segue. That's not funny at all. Does that be funny? I don't know. Hannah, what's the topic this week? Uh, horror, but also comedy because. It turns out a lot of horror movies are actually really funny, but also like intentionally so and not because they're all like super bad. And what's okay. up with that? I I mean, it's, it's it's late in like life in like 2020 at night as we record this. I, you know, we can get more intellectual as time goes on. I or do. not. I just yeah. I, I love that. I mean, I think that we, we might have just discovered a new catchphrase of the show of what's up with that? You know, it's just like, <laughs> it's like, like Wayne's way, Wayne's old way of ending his academic papers was. So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> that was, um, anyway. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to tell you the answers. That's what we have guests for. Yes. And we, and we, we have guests. We have a bunch of them tonight. We have, a, yeah, we, have a, we have, we have three guests tonight and which, which is good because, um, well, I personally don't watch a lot of horror movies because I am a big scaredy cat. And, yeah. um, <laughs> and also I, no, I mean, I, I don't believe in them. It's just that they're, they're like, I actually like funny horror movies, but like, so the, this is good for you. Yeah. So, yeah. So these, this is the good show next week's show where we're talking about real horror movies. Like I don't like being scared. If a movie doesn't scare me, it's boring. If it does scare me, I don't want that. So funny, scary. This is good. And I'm ready for this. Uh, let's I'll just go down the order. That, uh, Danny Anderson from the Sectarian Review. Returning. You haven't been on in a while. Welcome back, Danny. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me back. I know I've been uh, pretty busy and uh, not really keeping up with my own show very often. So I'm happy to, <laughs> happy to jump back into this yeah. one. I believe this is the first time you've been on since I've become your coworker or you've become, I guess I've become your, I guess I, I became, cause you were already working there. So. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. predated you, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, we're glad to have you on. We love you. Yeah. So Danny, Danny teaches at the school that I teach at Mount Aloysius college in, I guess Altoona. I don't Crescent. know where I'm Crescent. Crescent. I, I literally just sort of drive and, you know, try not to fall asleep because I have, I have to be there early. And then I get there and I'm like, hi, I'm going to teach today. That, that's like, that's my, my methodology. Uh, so anyway, so Danny, welcome back. And I'm glad to have you because Danny, you are a massive horror fan. Uh, yeah, it's it's a thing I like. And okay. uh, yeah, I'm happy to talk about it. I, when you told me about this the other day. I was uh, I was you know flattered and and, uh, and happy to happy to share. Right. My favorite movie happens to be a horror comedy. So we'll yeah, probably talk perfect. about that. Kind of OK. And yeah. also we have now this is a, this is a theme because he's been on frequent guests of Halloween shows. We have former colleague of mine, John Hadlock, who uh, worked with me at Duquesne University, the other school that I'm affiliated with. Welcome back, John. Hey, Mav. Hey, everyone. 
Thanks for having hey, John. me. Yeah, John. Yeah, great to be back. And John is the opposite of me, whereas I'm a big scaredy cat. You only watch scary movies. Ah, <laughs> uh, pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love love horror movies. Like comedies a lot. Love horror comedies. Very excited mm-hmm. to be here. Mm-hmm. And you're not teaching right now, so you have like a real regular person job. You know. <laughs> yeah. More or less, that's what I tell myself. Yeah, yeah. I am a I'm a legal writer with an immigration law firm right now. Oh, wow. so, so is that horror? Is that a- yeah. It's yeah. horror sometimes, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I'm I'm working part time with a, a lawyer right now, and yes, there there's some horror oh, stories great. that comes out of it. <laughs> so. No doubt, no doubt about it. And yeah. Yeah. oh, that's right, you live with a lawyer. <laughs> uh, he would he would say attorney okay. anyway. <laughs> anyway um and also returning it's only been a couple weeks for the last guest and he's, it's gonna be a long show folks because mike chimmers is back <laughs> actually, <laughs> hey mav actually i'm not back i've been here since we did the dungeons of diversity show and i've just been sitting here waiting for you to turn the lights back on and, uh, he, he, he's, he's been talking just none of us have noticed i have been talking this whole time. I just kept this mic muted. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome and back. I'm, I'm never, I'm never going to leave. Yeah. Well, you, and you are, you're, you're kind of our resident monster expert. Yeah. I mean, well, the first time you were on the show was for our, one of our monster shows and you've come back for several of them and some other topics, but you know, but that's basically your wheelhouse here. So I think it is or probably up that alley. Oh, definitely. And comedy, because this uh, definitely crosses over those those uh, uh, polarities. But um, yes, it's actually in my rider that you can't do a monster show without me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> why, why are you laughing? And also no laugh. green M&Ms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I want no green M&Ms. <laughs> you well, monster. So <laughs> I'll take the green M&Ms. It's fine. <laughs> Hannah, this was your topic. So, you know, yeah. how, how is this going to work? What, what are we doing? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> way to put all that on me. Um, okay. Well, it just, you know, um, it seems that honestly, like no matter what century you start in or what genre of horror and by genre, I mean, novel, short story, TV film, there, there always seems to be this weird cross between horror and comedy. And I'm not just saying things like contagion where it's laughably bad. Well, like little did I know um, when I laughed at that movie in high school. Um, but, um, you, you know, there, there are things like Halloween, which like the end of Halloween, I, I just saw it recently, is genuinely frightening. But there are these like, comedic the, moments. The original that Halloween. Up. Yes, the original Halloween. Uh, you know, like uh, to give recent examples, uh, there's, you know, Get Out and Us. And those movies definitely use laughter to break tension, sometimes mm-hmm. to build up tension. So why, what specifically unites these genres? Does something pull them apart? What is going on with having them so close together? Um, I like when you're like, what's up with that? You know, so. what's up with that? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm saying I'm giving a, you know, a more general specific introduction, but honestly, like, what is up with that? Because like, um, Noel Carroll, who I, um, quote in the blog post, his whole thing is like, well, they are definitely related, like from like Castle of Untranto to like parodies of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, which we're going to talk about apparently to like Psycho, like even um, any quotes, like a lot of like different directors and authors talking about the relationship. But he makes the comment, you know, you feel very differently when you laugh than when you're truly afraid. And I have a lot of thoughts about his feelings that we won't get into this episode because our listeners do not care. But <laughs> I care. Um, I care, Anna. Thank you. 
I, I think you know, psychologically there is just the whole relief of tension. You know, in the middle of a scary story, a, a laugh. You know, there, there's a catharsis to that. Um, so I, I think just that's a real basic explanation for for why this happens. I'm also curious just to, to talk about some of the cases where the existence of one compromises the other, which we'll get into. I, I have some specific examples of that in mind that we'll get to. But when the comedy overwhelms, like I'm watching a scary movie and it becomes kind of so ridiculous, I can't take the the horror seriously. And comedy movies that go too far into the horror thing and just they the, the balance doesn't work. So I think it's important. I, I think I see it happening all the time, obviously, but I think that's a tough balance to get right. So, so, so what's up with that? <laughs> so Wayne, what you're talking about, what you're talking about, Wayne, is something that in theater parlance we call juxtaposition, mm-hmm. which is the association of things that are categorical opposites. And that's that does create incongruity. So you have like, for instance, you see a fat clown paired with a skinny clown or a very clean Pulcinella set against a vagrant circus clown or something like that. And this is very important, especially in 20th century social protest theater. Uh, it can be funny, but it can also be shocking. Right. Um, and it can also be horrific when when the stimulus is grotesque enough to generate a horror response. Right. As opposed to a comic one or a, just a hmm, an intellectual one. Right. But this is not always funny. Right. Things that are things that are juxtaposed can also be intellectually juxtaposed where you go, oh, hmm, isn't that interesting? Um, and that like, oh, there's a lot of that kind of juxtaposition in the movie fight club, um, where you see beautiful things and horrible things paired together, but then, uh, a juxtaposition can also be horrific if the things are so incongruous and so, uh, grotesque, the stimulus is so grotesque that it generates the horrific response, mm-hmm. right? But it, well, uh, but it, it generates both a horrific response and a comic response. Just no Carol, um, does say that. Or is intimately, and I'm quoting him, and essentially bound up with the violation, probabilization, and transgression of our categories, norms, concept. And that is also true of humor. Um, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I think one of the prime images that comes out of a lot of horror uh, that, that is that is the scary clown thing. You know, here's this thing that is ostensibly supposed to be funny, and it's scary as fuck. Um, yeah. um, yes. So I, I, I think <clears throat> that just as an image, that that's one of the, the key symbolic images of what we're talking about i actually have a theory about this about why i'm not surprised go go ahead not not the simpsons (laughs) no (laughs) no an honest to god theory that i thought up all by myself uh wow okay so it's basically this that i think that in in many cases and this is a very complex phenomenon so i don't just want to reduce it to some sort of you know general theory that's always true uh but Mm -hmm. it does seem to me that it's possible to recognize that much of what is horrific and much of what is funny would be indistinguishable from one another absent a certain semiotic conditioning, right? Which in the theater we call aesthetic distance. If this, you could look, be looking at something and if you are close to it, if you are aesthetically very close to it, it seems horrific. But if you're far away from it, it seems silly. It's if, funny. If, if you slip and fall, it's funny. If I slip and fall, it's tragic. Yeah, exactly. I'm thinking of... I'm thinking of Alan Alda and that one Woody Allen movie where he talks about comedy is tragedy plus time. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I was going to, yeah, I was going to say, cause Danny, I think it's the last time I was on your show. I, I lose track of, you know, it's in the before times at some point I was on your show 
um, when we were at Theocon last year, where we talked about the connection, this connection specifically yeah. uh, with Jordan Peele's work, where he does do yeah. the exact same tropes in his comedy uh, in the Key and Peele show as he does in his horror films. Yeah, I, the yeah. one that stands out to me is the the behind the scenes of Family Matters, where Urkel is like a, a mind control monster uh, and, and he gets himself <laughs> written into the show. And it's 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 a horror skit that's hilarious, right? And so yeah, there's definitely. Um, I think you're right. The semiotic sort of signaling is the kind of the only real difference there, right? And so the yeah. exact same thing, the exact same stimulus, can be one or the other. Yeah, um, makes me think of uh, maybe because I just watched it, but um, I don't know if anyone is. I'm sure other people besides me are familiar with uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and um, it's a fascinating movie because um, there are lots of scenes where I think uh, from a certain lens they'd be sort of funny the way Leatherface kind of skitters around the kitchen area and like makes these high pitched weird noises in another context I think would be humorous, but it's terrifying for some reason. Right. Um, I'm not sure right. which semiotic clues make that happen to use your phrasing, Michael. Um, it's, it, it's a, a strange phenomenon. I think it's, you know, when, when Wayne is talking about how the balance is off, that's when mm-hmm. the entirety mm-hmm. Of the performance, the entirety of the cultural product isn't serving this uh, yeah. uh, this very delicate operation. It's a very complex, obviously very complex I, and delicate operation. One, one of the one of the examples I have for that, and and I, I will probably take shit for this. For the most part, I like this movie. Uh, like us, it's another one filmed where Michael lives in Santa Cruz. Lost Boys. Um, I think Lost Boys. I think Lost Boys is stylistically gorgeous. Uh, I, I think the vampire bits are are really incredibly well done. The, it's entirely a comedy. Yeah, the, but the comedic bits <laughs> took me completely out of the the horror aspects of that film. And maybe it was my expectations when I first saw it. I, I was expecting a horror film, and I got the Corys, you know, goofing off for two hours. Oh God! Yeah. Don't even get me started. And so you know, so 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 that that's a case of of you know, I, and I haven't rewatched it in years, and I need to since I've now been out to Santa Cruz and would recognize it, some of that. Lost that Boys is entirely an eighties teen exploitation film in yeah. the vein of John Hughes. Except that there happen to be vampires. Yeah. Like, and it's and, about gay. It's about being gay. Right. right. I mean, but, it, but it's still the it's, same. But I mean, it's formulaically. Yeah. It's just exactly like all of all of them, which I love it, by the way. I'm a I'm a fan. I love yeah. that movie. It's <laughs> one of my favorites. I love that movie. Now, yeah, I, 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 I need to watch it at the time. I, I felt just like say that the, the comedic bits took me out of the horror aspect of it. I, I guess partially I just wanted something different out of it. And, and that's more me than the fall of the movie. You know, I because I live in Santa Cruz, I am I'm forbidden to not like uh, not yeah. love. Well, uh, you, shop, you shop with the guy who was in the movie, the, the comic I do. store. Yeah. Uh, the comic book store uh, where I shop for my comic books is uh, that was featured in this film. So I have to say, hey, Joe and everybody at Atlantis, we love you. Um, yeah. And a uh, great, great little store. Shameless plug. Yeah. Shameless um, plug for Atlantis Comics. Yeah. If you're in Santa Cruz, yeah. come yeah. to Atlantis Comics. Uh, now they have if to they'd like to sponsor Please, you know, by all means. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So um, but what was I going to say about that? The, you know, there's a, a great example of uh, one of the few scary f- moments in that movie is when uh, the main character who's played by, I can't remember, uh, is uh, hanging out with the vampires and he's eating um, 
he thinks he's eating uh chow mein and it turns out to be maggots right you remember this no mm -hmm. yeah okay jason patrick yeah jason patrick thank you so yeah, much I was just i was waiting for a break i was gonna say that yeah jason J jason patrick was the star there and, so um, that exact sort of same scene that exact same scene appears in uh what we do in the shadows when uh when they're torturing uh this guy and these he says like you're eating maggots and he's not they haven't, they haven't pulled it off he's so he's still eating spaghetti <laughs> and so that's an example well, right about how the 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 conditioning the exact same stimulus it's funny in one context and not in another i also think that it's interesting because it, i think the time has a lot to do with it and i guess this is an aesthetic question about what scares an audience at a particular time yeah but i can't imagine i love the universal horror films i just rewatched the mummy recently i i love them but they uh -huh. don't they don't read as scary to us now they read right. more as funny mm -hmm. i mean uh they're right. actually more comedic and bride of frankenstein's overtly a comedy mm -hmm. and um and and so i think that they're and like i show my students nosferatu which is sort of a foundational <laughs> horror yes. film and yeah. i tell them you're going to this is going to seem funny to you mm -hmm. don't worry about it it's the same it's uh it's horror signals that just don't translate as scary to us today because of our cultural context right and you know noel carroll uh you mentioned noel carroll hannah and i think in that exact same essay he says this is actually a quote he says standardly horror does not blend into humor nor vice versa and i'm like that's ridiculous what a silly thing to say because uh, bride of frankenstein exactly humor and horror are the aesthetic equivalents of chocolate and peanut butter two great tastes that take taste great together <laughs> yeah i mean I, I wonder if what we're talking about are are not exactly horror comedies but horror when horror goes awry and becomes a comedy yeah. your troll twos mm. your um i don't know troll twos you know, i think i can think of besides well, uh, no. the, I actually have a question because again, not a horror aficionado, but um, I, you know, there are movies that I like and I will, I think I'll start with the universal monster movies because most of those were at one point meant to be scary, but that was, it was a different yeah. time. And I, and I was actually, scary, yeah, yeah I, um, I was talking a couple of years ago when the movie it came out, a friend of mine was just asking around on Facebook, I guess um, her 13, 14 year old daughter wanted to go see it and, you know, and, see it with like friends and it's like and she's like yeah, it's rated r i don't know about this what do people think and and some of the recommendations people were like well too scary for them so if they want to watch a scary movie you know why don't you sit them down and, and show them like the old universal you know show them the original frankenstein the original mummy and everything and then the kids were like we don't want to see those because to the and, and i had to explain i was like no no the kids are not interested in your goofy horror movies that were for their great grandparents the kids are interested in seeing the cool movie that's out right now so they can tell their friends you know mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I went and saw it but uh, but that said no one had any qualms about showing the mummy or frankenstein mm -hmm. or dracula or any of these you know 60 year old 80 year old horror well, films well to be fair i mean mm -hmm. the thing about that is like the content definitely is different because like right. i mean yeah. it it explicitly um has a storyline about like sexual abuse um mm -hmm. with like you know featuring a child which like it's not it's that is far scarier and like the i mean the thing about it is sure. like the demons the demons that like and this is why i appreciate it more than some horror films because i'm ambivalent about the genre but that we don't care about my feelings um like uh, you know it is we, more, we, we care michael pointed out I, that he cares yeah, i care yeah. we all I, care hannah um, hannah i totally I, care about your safe space um, i don't i don't care hannah i'm just kidding <laughs> it's fine if you don't care um, i'm just kidding <laughs> but you know like like the 
the thing about it is like the the scary things in the children's lives are not just like oh there's yes. a clown it's like there are like real life demons the things that like really scare us the bully and the creepy the, cl- exactly. the creepy molesting uncle yeah. yes yeah, yeah. Or father and father I think yeah, yeah, fa- yeah father yeah. and you like you can't get away from this and like i mean i mean this is like what dracula was in the 19th century when yeah. you know people were like terrified of like uh, you know, immigrants coming to the country and like yeah. sexuality mm-hmm. that wasn't heteronormative and, and those kinds Absolutely. of things. Yeah. Um, but you know, like it's, it's in our, you know, it's translated to like something that we might understand better though. You know, actually Dracula translates pretty well, turns out um, yeah. to our current You moment. know, I think uh, Hannah, that's why I felt that, although I thought that the it movies, uh, the most recent ones, I, th- I, d- I thought they were pretty good movies. I didn't find them particularly scary. I totally agree. Yeah. Whereas, yep. whereas the yep. old the old television uh, series with Tim Curry as Pennywise, mm-hmm. terrifying, really, really goddamn scary. Wait, we, we can do swearing on the show, right? We have yeah. swearing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. really fucking scary. Really fucking scary. <laughs> yeah. And I think it was because exactly what you said, Hannah, that it deals far more frankly and openly with these uh, the, the the childhood uh, uh, sexual abuse and the bullying and all those other things that um, and, and than the, the, than the, the more new, recent ones. The, the new movies just flipped into just what I think of as, as cliche monster movie things like, oh, here's something weird and creepy and scary that's shaking and jittering and chasing you, whatever. But it, it didn't deal with the psychological stuff. So, you know, weirdly, uh, for like talking about horror and comedy, the end of it part two um, is actually just like extremely interesting that because the like solution to fear is to laugh at it and like laugh it away. Right. Uh, And and turned it into baby creepy thing that people might find grotesquely cute or something. Um, Not me. Other people have expressed (laughs) opinion. It's like that scene in Harry Potter where you fight the Bogart, right? The, the, yeah. Yeah, you turn Freddy it. Freddy Krueger, it, it, too. No, yeah. I guess you're not supposed to laugh at Freddy Krueger, but if you turn your back on him, that's what takes his power away. Right. Carol, uh, Noel Carroll, he, he talks about two portrayals of Frankenstein's monster, uh, one in The House of Frankenstein in 1944 and the other in Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein 1948. Uh-huh. And the actor, he points out, uh, he doesn't mention it's Glenn Strange, but the actor is doing the exact same shtick in, the, in both movies. Yes. Right? And in one of them, it's horrific. And in another one, it's funny. And it's all because of the context of whether Abbott and Costello are in the movie, right? Yeah, that was one of the ones that I wanted to bring up. Um, we had the things that have become funny because context changed just with time, like your your original your original Frankenstein, your you know all these movies that the, the Mummy just seem comical because you know technology is in a different place. There's just a different cultural context, all these things. But then that's an intentional context shift because yes. Um, quite honestly, storyline wise, to the extent that continuity matters in any of those, which is, you know, very rough, but Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein and the other, I think they also met the Wolfman and Dr- I don't remember which ones, mm-hmm. but those movies slide right into the canon. <laughs> like yeah, they're just yeah. weird. Yeah. They're just weird because Abbott and Costello is, are there and that adds humor because they're trying, but it's exactly what you're talking about. It's, it's a different signifier that sort of tells you there's Lou Abbott. It's okay to laugh now or Lou Costello. I'm going to say, it's funny. You should mention that because in the pre-show, Anna was uh, bringing up these um, early farces of Frankenstein, burlesques of Frankenstein uh, that uh, appeared 
in the 19th century. And um, just so happens that I wrote a book called The Monster in Theater History, This Thing of Darkness, Rutledge 2018. And um, please put that in the chat. Link to the the show notes. Link in the show notes. And uh, on page 62 of this book, I just happen to have it here. Um, I point out that I'll say, okay, so the first uh, Frankenstein play was produced in 1823. That was just called uh, Presumption. Okay. Or the fate of Frankenstein. And um, the same guy, Peak, Richard Peak, the same guy wrote a burlesque of this called Another Piece of Presumption, which also appeared in 1823. There was another one called Frankenstitch or the Needle Prometheus. This is the best a, thing that's ever happened. Sorry. Right, Hannah, right? <laughs> Frankenstitch. And this is about a guy who who forms a golem out of he's a tailor and he forms a golem out of uh out of tailing tailor scraps. And then there was another one called Frankensteam. So those came out within the first like within nine months of the original production. So that also the same thing. It was like it could be scary. And and this is the first time that anyone had ever seen Frankenstein on stage. And yet within within a few months, they're burlesquing it. Yeah. And you don't even need Abbott Costello, right? Um, it's like, I think uh, you think about the universal like cycle, like we said, Bride of Frankenstein explicitly went into comedy. Very and funny. The Old Dark House 1932 is a horror film that is uh, very open with its comedy as well. Like as Dracula and Frankenstein, like right on the heels of those two. And so, yeah, I think that there's a, a way in which they, they just kind of naturally blend together. And I think, I mean, for me, the obvious well, maybe it's not obvious, but the the thing that I go to at least is that both horror and comedy are a way to kind of illuminate things that are subliminal or inappropriate for society. Um, I mean, you can't go around and polite society can't function if you're going around noticing overtly how ridiculous everything is, right? We have to pretend it's not, uh, but comedy allows us to laugh at what we already know is ridiculous. I, I don't know if that, um, was, that and, uh, might not have used to be true, but it's 2020 now. There's a Trump presidency. There's, you yeah. know, we, we laugh at the world now. The only exactly. way to get high. Yes. And polite society has not worked right <laughs> because of that. And so I think, uh, I know, I think that that's uh, that's a thing that they have in common though, is that they both tap into that, that unspoken uh, like critique of society and, and therefore in many ways they're indistinguishable. Mm-hmm. So is there a way to move from that from, and, and I mean, we're going to loop back to it because I want to get, I want to get the third area, which was John, what you were talking about. What do you do? Like, how does this happen for the unintentionally funny? Troll 2 is not supposed to be a comedy, right? They're actually, I'm trying to think, there's, there's definitely That's other That's the saddest movies. thing I've ever heard. The happening, <laughs> the happening, the happening. Is, not, is not supposed to be a comedy. <laughs> it's just, uh. like, there, there, there are horror movies where, where comedy happened. <laughs> it did yeah, occur. Yeah. And, and Troll 2, Troll 2 is so interesting because, um, I mean, we were talking before about uh, what sort of like the psychological underpinnings and how that can make horror really scary when you're, uh, uh, you know, looking at something and trying to be when you're looking in the face, something that is uh, psychologically frightening, real life troubles. Troll 2 wants you to be afraid of vegetarians. And I think that's why it's not <laughs> I mean, I am. frightening. No, I'm not. <laughs> Look, well, I'm, sorry. Vegetarians. I'm sorry. The demon is vegetarian. What? Wait. Yeah, I mean, like the the evil society of the town, the, all the trolls. Their whole thing is that they like feed you vegetables, and it makes you a vegetable so you can be eaten by them. And that's that's hilarious. Well, that's it's not that's hilarious. not true vegetarianism, is it? <laughs> well, that's fair. As far as we know, 
<laughs> as far as we know. Um, okay. Some of us are trying to be more vegetarian in our lifestyles, and that just involves more broccolini, not <laughs> soiling green. <laughs> <laughs> I had broccoli tonight. It was very good. I also had it with chicken, but it was good. <laughs> so, so, I didn't say I so, was a vegetarian. I said I was trying. Yeah, but anyway. So if, if you take something like that, like, and I'm thinking, I don't know. I mean, I'm not well, sure. Like with Troll Two, I feel like they were really trying. There's, you know, there are there are lots of horror movies, things made by Troma, for instance, or yeah. things that you know, all the okay, B well, movies. Like, or like they Fancy only had Island. 20 bucks. Right. Like, yeah. Or, well, yeah, they, like well, Fantasy Island or like, um, well, like Fantasy Island, I, was, was Fantasy Island trying? Because the trauma people, the trauma people, they're like, look, we've got $50 to make this picture. So we can only afford so much. So we're going to, we're going to put some comedy in here just to, just to stitch the whole thing together. Fantasy Island. I mean, it's Bloomhouse, but they've yeah. got a budget. You no, know, no, 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 too. One, they, yeah. Well, I was, what I'm saying is they, they tried to make a horror movie and, uh-huh. um, the results of that were um, disappointing uh, <laughs> by any metric possible. And I think that's like true of like something like the happening or as I said, contagion. And then like, okay, you just find, you know, people like the only way to deal with like being faced with such horror in the sense of, Oh my God, if I have to sit through this movie for two hours, my brain is going to melt. So you have to find it funny to cope mm-hmm. with what you're doing. Well, I guess my question is, how is this different than anything that's supposedly serious that is terrible, like The Room or something, right? That, um, that they didn't mm-hmm. intend it to be funny, but it's just um, an overreach of seriousness, right? That um, not that yeah. I've actually never seen The Room, um, so I don't know that this is. <laughs> I love categoric- The Room. I don't know this is categorically different than any kind of uh, just yeah artistic I, failure. Well, yeah, I think and, and that's, that's exactly that's a solid point. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. I think you said artistic maybe, failure. Yeah, and, right? and and maybe it's just more noticeable in in the horror genre because we're supposed to be scared and instead yeah. we're laughing. Yes, so, yeah. so it's a more noticeable. Well, uh, and you look at you look at it, it's, like, a, it's a stronger juxtaposition to use that big fancy word. Juxtaposition. <laughs> I mean, right. you look you look at at, at uh, the the films of Ed Wood, right? That's a perfect example. Because yeah. Ed Wood, seriously, they had twenty five dollars, and he was like, "We're going to make the scariest possible movie," and he really thought. Well, we have twenty five dollars, and I want to take home as much change as I can. So if I can do it for seventeen fifty, you know? right? I'm gonna do it for seventeen fifty. And so, and he, but he was sitting there in the premiere, and he really thought, or at least this is how he was portrayed by Johnny Depp in that wonderful film that they made. Um, that he really thought that people were gonna give him an Oscar for this, you know that 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 Plan Nine from Outer Space was the scariest alien horror movie ever made, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. and if you watch it like that you're going to be incredibly disappointed i pulled up a list of these are this is from ifc these are the 10 uh 10 horror movies that are more hilarious than scary unintentionally uh the incredible two-headed transplant which i've never seen never seen incredible two-headed transplant the stuff i've not seen the beyond i've not seen urban legend urban legend i have seen urban legend urban legend was like you remember scream we can do that too they could not. <laughs> I will defend is, Urban Legend. Oh, it still, it's, it still became it's not, a franchise. It's not, it's not Scream. They, they were trying at first, and they were trying real hard. They were just like, we're just going to do that same thing. You know, it, it, we can't do a horror comedy show without talking about Scream. I feel. Well, 
Oh, oh, we'll get to it. Yeah. So, but then the, just to go through the rest of the list, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. They are right. That, is, <laughs> that movie is hilarious. It's a different kind of horror. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, 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 I like data in that. So. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, is, which I've not seen. Um, Friday the 13th, the final chapter. I forgot that existed. Wow. Uh, <laughs> House of the Dead. Yeah. Oh, really? Uh, no, now, here's kidding. one. Here's one that I have seen, and and I've seen it both in MST3K style and without. Manos, the Hands of Fate. Manos, the Hands of Fate is a and perfect then, movie. Yeah, and then number one is Troll 2. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> Manos, the Hands of Fate. That's another oh, one man. where they really were hoping that it would be scary. And, and yeah. it's just not. The master. <laughs> that's right. But it's just that's just a failure across the board, right? Yeah. You know, Ed Wood, you can redeem it. It's it, it's a failure, but it's such a great failure that it's still terrific. Like Plan Nine for Matter Space, or his follow-up film Orgy of the Damned, which is the Orgy worst the movie. <laughs> the worst. When I people say, "What's the worst vampire movie you've ever seen?" and it, is it is it Twilight? And I'm like, amazingly, it is not Twilight. It is Orgy of the Damned by okay. Ed Wood. <laughs> okay, but to be fair, Twilight is actually pretty entertaining to watch. Um, it's pretty wow. funny. You and me are really different people, Hannah. (laughs) I grew up as a teenager who was forced to read twice. Like, I mean, you've heard the story. It's fine. You can go back to our old monster episodes and hear the story about how I got roped into reading Twilight. But the the movie is so funny. It's like so low budget, but like Catherine Hardwick, the director, is trying so hard. And you can tell Robert Pattinson hates every moment of being there. And actually, the funniest thing about Twilight is watching Robert Pattinson interviews talk about being in that series. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) He really hated it. It's really funny. And he's never going to get it off his neck either. Oh, he he I mean, he's made nothing. It's it's funny because now he's Batman and people are like the guy from Twilight. It's like, no, the guy who just made 47 um, indie films that all went to Cannes and Sun- and Sundance. Like, right. He, and, and he will never shake it off. No, he will never it. shake it. If he's a good enough Batman, I guess, maybe. But then it's still not what he wants. He he wants to be a serious actor. And it's never. Yeah. And he shouldn't have done Twilight. Twilight. I mean, I mean so, is, so like Kristen Stewart is never going to shake being from Twilight, but also she's doing like super well. And mm-hmm. like she was great in Charlie's wow. Angels, which I didn't think I would ever say. She, um, she is. I actually really like is. that movie. I like the most recent Charlie's Angels. Movie. I do, it's too. Kind of it's rap. really good. It's not horrific in any way. No, it's, it's very it's, funny, though. It's delightfully fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, I, it's, just, it's, I just feel like we have to take a minute and unpack that sentence, Hannah. You said Kristen Stewart was yeah. really good in Charlie's Angels. Yes, yes just, she is. She I is. just want to break that Very down. Much so. I just don't think that that's a sentence that can be said in the English language. <laughs> you should, it is. You should see okay. it. She is. She is excellent in it. it she, is she knows one of the best ex- parts. Yeah, yeah she knows. She knows exactly what movie she's in. She um, she knows how to play it. Um, she knows how to play it straight. She knows how to play it like she's in the eighties film and then the two the early two thousands films. And she knows how to play it like it's uh, like she's in a complete farce. And she seamlessly drifts between them as the scene as the scene requires, and it's believable. And she seems. She seems like a real character. She's probably the best part of the film. Yeah, she's really, right. really. But yeah. now that I'm taking you down this rabbit hole, I'm just going to yeah. <laughs> non sequitur to, but like Scream is actually really good. Yes. And yes. scary. It's, and One scary and funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. scary and funny yeah and i think that's well, the so, key <laughs> and that's kind of well so that's one of the, that's i wanted to ask that question because scream was designed the first scream 
was very much designed to be a parody. The original title of it was going to be Scary Movie, and it was talked up like it was going to be what the Scary Movie franchise became. Mm. Um, and I and then it like turns out that the first Scream, especially the first one, the others diminishing returns, but fine. The first Scream is a legitimately very good movie. Um, that is scary and funny and becomes in a, in a lot of ways to me, it be, even though it's trying to sort of meta comment on the horror industry, I think that it still becomes a serviceable and in fact, a really good horror film, even while doing its funny commentary in a way that like, and this is with the, my contention with, with urban legend. I don't think urban legend knew what it was doing when it tried to do the same trick, it went through the motions and it didn't have the nuance that scream had, at least to me. But, but I thought, I mean, I, that's, like, I don't think it's, I don't think urban legends horrible. I'm not a big horror fan. So I watched it and I was like, this is not scary and it's not particularly funny. So I guess this is fine, but I'm bored. Whereas scream I've, I've watched <laughs> since it came out and I'm like, this is, this is really legitimately good. Um, I also say the same about something that, uh, same, you know, same production studio, I believe, but I know what you did last summer follows, you know, it follows in that same vein. And I liked that one too, though. I think scream is better. Well, you know, scream also is a whodunit. Uh, that's actually pretty smart. Um, which I, you know, appreciate mm-hmm. because there's like that added mystery element in the sense that like, it's not just a mysterious monster figure. It's like, but actually what normal human being is behind the scream mask. And you know, it's the, horror of our everyday lives kind of scooby-doo thing yeah yeah i think that's um that's that's so true hannah i think that to me that's what scream did that's um not that doesn't really contribute to the sort of meta commentary element of it it really made slashers whodunits again which um I, mm-hmm. I think really is such anyway, an yeah. improvement from yeah, what you're talking about. Hannah. And I, I, it's really, I mean, I grew up with Scream and I was like seven the first time I saw it because I was, I think, about seven when it came oh, out. God, and I am very old. None, <laughs> you know, none of the, a few of the references made any sense to me. I hadn't seen Halloween yet. I don't think I hadn't seen most of the movies that it uh, alludes to. I just thought it was a yeah. scary good movie. I, yeah. I think I was seven when I saw Frankenstitch. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like 200 oh, years old. You know, I've said <laughs> before on this show, Wayne is really old. Actually, I didn't see. So, so here's another, you know, no, no segue whatsoever, but I, I'd feel remiss if I didn't bring up Army of Darkness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I, and I don't have anything to say. Yeah, and, and I don't know that I have anything remarkable to say about it other than it's genuinely funny. I don't know if it's scary. Um, I, I think there are places it tries to be, but okay, so, the, the, the humor is, is so over the top. that So for our three guests, all of whom, you know, you guys all play in the horror market certainly more than I do, and I think more than Wayne or Hannah as well. Is Army of Darkness, well, okay, the first Evil Dead, I will say, certainly is a horror movie. Mm-hmm. I'm with, not with sure on any moments. of the other ones. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's a good way, but Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, I don't know that any of them, are they horror movies? No, I think you're right. I, think I don't know. Evil Dead is a horror movie that has some funny moments in it. Right. And, right. and then when they got together and they said, okay, let's see if we can wring some more money out of this cash cow, they decided that they were just going to go for the funny parts, right? Mm. On Evil Dead 2. It becomes yeah, a Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness. Kind of. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't mm-hmm. know that a movie has to be scary to be a horror movie, because then... Look, oh, I agree. That's my real question. Does Nosferatu stop becoming a horror movie then, after you're not scared by it, right? It's still a horror movie, and, and I think that it's just a matter of... I, I think it's more about... Uh, 
I guess it's more about content and uh, I don't want to say subject matter, but uh, images and, and that sort of thing than anything else. I, I don't know. I, I just don't know, know that I want to overly define the horror movie as something that I have to be scared by. But I'm curious, I mean, just for the context of this. Okay, so I mean, does Army of Darkness count? Because I don't know, it's not scary. I don't. Like, I don't think it's intended to be like you're. I mean, there's monsters mm. and stuff that he's right. fighting, but you're not supposed to be scared of them. But I, I, I guess what I'm, what I'm, what I'm saying is, given the base plot of Army of Darkness, I'm not sure what makes it a horror movie and not the first Avengers movie. What? Because it's basically the same thing. It's yeah. Now it's a guy versus a team, but they're just fighting. You know. CGI monsters. Did you say the first Avengers movie? Yeah. Oh, awesome. <laughs> well, well, I mean, because they're fighting, you know, they're just fighting monsters, invading monsters, trying to close the portal. That's the, you know, that's the plot, right? I mean, obviously it's not, but like, I don't, I, I just think of them both as action movies. But with monsters. Yeah. Uh, the I Avengers mean, is not a horror film, even though it has monsters in right. it. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 So it has to do with context, right? That's what we're talking about is context. Yes. The way that they sell it. I mean, there was a movie that I actually thought was pretty scary. A vampire movie I thought was pretty scary uh, called um, Innocent Blood. Oh, yeah. yeah. And in Pittsburgh. Filmed there in Pittsburgh. That's right. And it came out and uh, it was marketed as a horror film. And then when it went to video, it was marketed as a comedy. Yeah. And so they took out all the they took all the you know, when they were doing the trailer for the video, uh, they put in all the funny lines in the in the movie. Right. But I actually thought when I first saw it that it was pretty scary. And then when I saw that they were marketing it as a comedy that to, in order for the to get the video, I, I, I was surprised at that. Well, when I mean, not the same movie, but I I originally thought Parasite um, Oscar winning film. Um, mm, OK, oh, yeah. go work that I originally thought that was a horror movie because it was marketed to me by reviewers as a horror movie. And yeah. then yeah. when I went into theaters, I just, you know, I thought of it. Oh, like this is actually like a social commentary comedy. And then it takes a bit of a turn, which I refuse to explain on this show sure. because you should watch it. And I don't want to spoil it because honestly, right. the magic of Parasite is having no idea what you're going into. Yes, absolutely. Um, which is which, what which is what makes Parasite hard to define. Right. Because everybody's like. Oh, it's got twists and turns, which kind of signals horror or or at least suspense. And Parasite's its own thing, which you should watch because it's remarkable and yeah. amazing and wonderful. But, you know, no Carol, like, I mean, I'm not saying he's totally correct, says that part of what makes horror is like the monster and maybe the monster in Parasite is capitalism in the same way that Hannibal Lecter is like a monster in uh, Silence of the Lambs or we have Frankenstein's monster or Frankenstein, depending on how you decide to read Frankenstein. <laughs> um, which like he has a very specific definition of what a monster is that we don't need to get into. Um, but it has to deal with like it not being based in reality. Um, we've had we've had three other shows on that. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Don't get me started. Do more. Don't get me started. <laughs> we'll be up be all next night. Well, I think Hannah, I think you're right. Danny, I think, uh, said something earlier about overdetermining uh, the definition, you know, the, the grounding between a horror film and a comedy film and an adventure film. Right. I mean, those are just marketing terms. We don't have to obey that kind of genre inflexibility. Right. Sure. Genre is only useful in as much as it is in as much as it allows you to talk usefully about it. You can ignore it when it suits you. Right. So we can talk about comedic films that have horrific elements or horror films that have comedic elements. And that shouldn't be a problem for us. Right. We're smart enough to handle that. 
Yeah. yeah. More our else, audience, yeah. as I, as I said on our last episode, there was a study at Harvard that, that, that demonstrated that the, the audience of Vox Popcast are the smartest people in the world. <laughs> <laughs> don't look it up. It's not like the show notes. Just trust us. It's there. Don't look it in the show notes, but it's there. Is, it's true. It's a total all, thing. Three, all three of them. What does smart yeah. even mean? Hey Dave. mean better than that. Oh man. <laughs> uh, okay. So there is one other category that I, I sort of, I mean, it wasn't in one of John's, but, uh, but I'm just thinking there is a, a different kind of horror movie, horror comedy. That is the, I guess the intentionally funny dark comedy. So on one, on one aspect, I think, I think Jordan Peele does this with his films, like he's using comedy to inform the horror and to, work on another level in a way that I think um, that I think is very obvious. He's very good at it, but it's very obvious. Um, the the ones that I'm wondering about things are Hannah, you mentioned in the blog ready or not, which yeah. I which I watched, um, which I watched just today, in fact, but also amazing um, film, best film, the new one watched also yeah, yeah. very Marxist anti-capitalist. Yeah. Well, <laughs> All right. But, and then the other one that the one one that, you know, that reminded me of it, which, which I think is a better film, but it, same same vein. There's a movie called Very Bad Things, which eh. is uh, I don't know if anybody's seen it. It's a dark comedy. Is it a horror movie? I think it's a horror movie. It's horrific. I think of it as a horror movie. Would you say Midsommar in this it? category? Yeah, I have not seen it. I have yeah. not seen it. Okay. Okay. Well, very. Them, yeah. I guess. The premise of very bad things is that the weekend before um, the main two characters get married, so the guys go off to a bachelor party in Vegas. They accidentally kill a hooker, and then their lives just spiral out of control from there. That's the that's the premise of it. They they accidentally they kill somebody on accident, but they don't want to admit it because um, because then that will ruin the wedding, and no one will believe that it was an accident, and blah 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 blah. So from there, it's just a continual, you know, like the stakes become raised and every time they cover, cover it up, you know, more people die more than the, and it's it, it just, it's, it's more of a serial killer story. It's got horrific elements, but it's very, very funny. Um, Cameron Diaz is in it. Christian Slater's in it. It's really good. And I, I recommend it, but, but I don't, you know, I don't want to give away any of the twists to it because of the, you know, the nature of what we're talking about. It's not as good as Parasite, but still. I mean, uh, would you count Midsommar in this category? I've never seen it. Um, I, I think so from what I've heard about it, but I've never seen it. It is. It's so weird. It's a weird. Has anyone else seen it? Yes. So it's yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. It's OK. It's it's like very slow. And honestly, when I was watching it, I was kind of bored um, at parts. And then I left the theater. and I was like, oh, this is really interesting. I could talk about this for a while. Um, I guess this is our chance. Um <laughs> But it like I I don't I think that you could definitely read it as a dark comedy, which is what the director has claimed it is. But also at times like the the tone can be very serious. Mm-hmm. Um, Are also, we thinking like, of the same movie? Are you talking about Midsommar? Uh, like the recent? Uh, geez, yes. I don't know actors and actresses. Names. Yes. Uh, you know they go Jeez, to Sweden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One that's yeah, I, yeah. Wicker Man, Carson but yeah, new. Yeah. Yes. I think like people thought it was the, funny. The, it's horrifying. <laughs> some of it's yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like some of it is like some of it's extremely okay. I mean, the parts that I think are funny <laughs> are there's these like two graduate students and they're fighting over their thesis. Okay, you're totally um, right. That is hilarious because I'm like, this is not how graduate students I know are, but maybe that's not and, why you know. And, and there's a deleted scene about like 
JSTOR or something. And I know some of our listeners are like, <laughs> what is this girl talking about? If you are thinking that in your mind, good. Live your life how you are. Don't try and figure out what I'm talking about. Um, but, but they're like, I, I mean, like, yeah, like, and, 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 well, I, and by, by your surprise that I'm like, oh, this is like, this can be like red is like funny. This shows you like, it's like, well, what, what is this guy talking about? Why is he called, I mean, this is a black comedy because it's actually, it's extremely horrifying and there's no happy ending. Um, you should definitely not read this as like a feminist win. So uh, is there a happy ending? I'm sorry. Well, I, I didn't ask to mark that as his breakup movie. Like, and so yeah. from that sense, mm. I think it is a happy ending. Again, I've not seen it. So yeah. I, and, and it seems like I'm the only one. Um, is this, no, I haven't um, seen it. okay. Is, it's a cult movie. is this the opposite oh, no. of what Mike was talking about with context? Right. Um, the fact that the fact that Hannah reads it as a, as comedic and John doesn't like, is that context of the audience in the same way as like, con, you know, what I, you know what I'm saying? And marketing. I think mm-hmm. for that, for that movie, there's like uh, two things. One is there's a tradition of folk horror, right? Uh, someone yeah. mentioned the wicker mm-hmm. man. Right. And so mm-hmm. yes. there's a tradition that we can al- already kind of slip it into that category, but also Astor's other movie hereditary was clearly a horror film. And so yes. it, we were sort of expecting another one like that. And it very, it has a lot in common, I think. And so um, yeah. in, in terms of the folk horror sort of angle and so i think yeah it's almost like we consider alfred hitchcock a horror filmmaker on some level even though he very rarely actually made horror right. films but it's just sort of like the uh, reputation i suppose of the right. filmmaker there my favorite hitchcock movie is notorious and it's not at all it's a spy a spy film well yeah. he claims psycho was a big joke right yeah, yeah. yeah. um so yeah i <laughs> I've been drifting out of the conversation. Don't listen to me. Cut this out. <laughs> no, um, no it's, maybe the real psychos were the friends we met along the way. <laughs> it's just, I just, I have so many. I mean, it's weird because what we're talking about is, you know, and I thought, I thought this conversation was going to go another way. We, we were talking about, we're not really even talking about the elements of what makes horror and comedy. We started talking there, but horror and comedy sort of tickle the same part of the brain in a way, right? Like you're using. Yeah you're using some of the same tropes there. Peel has said this a lot about his films that comedy is meant to do social commentary and, or at least good comedy is. And he'd say good horror is also meant to do social commentary. And that's why, yeah. And that's why he's doing what he is with us, with, um, with, with um, get out like he he's in his version of Twilight Zone. Like, like that's what he's yeah. trying to do. It's what Twilight Zone always tried to do. And that's where that element of humor comes in. But I don't know. That, I don't know that, that tracks for all of them or maybe it does. I was, <laughs> no, maybe um, Mav, it's, it, it tracks for the best of it, mm-hmm. right? The best horror is the one where we can look at it and, and experience it on many levels and say, this is not only about my own personal psychology and what mm-hmm. I'm afraid of, but also about things that are going on in the society around me. I mean, mm-hmm. and Jordan Peele is the king of this in our, in our current milieu, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas maybe Todd Browning was, you know, back in the day, but I just finished watching, um, Lovecraft Country, right? Which Jordan Peele had a hand in. And I thought that was an excellent, absolutely excellent um, combination of social commentary and the, and the horror, the monsters in it were perfectly calibrated uh, to reflect these larger social issues that, that, um, that the author was really interested in, you know? Uh, so the, in our timeline, uh, this is the Tuesday after the Sunday that the season finale of um, 
Lovecraft Country came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, even maybe not the best or, or like, I mean, we haven't talked about Stranger Things, which is also like a horror oh, comedy show. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, I, I actually realized like how reactionary season four is. And I love season four. Um, I thought the Scoops Troop was great. And also like uh, the Duffer brothers are from Durham. So like, actually mm. like the small town is literally Durham, North Carolina, <laughs> um, where Duke is. Um, so it's like, oh, hey, there's the Eno River anyway. Um, but, you know, it was very it was very like conservative and like I was like very nostalgic. But, you know, mm-hmm. like that is also speaking to our particular cultural moment in ways that maybe we don't like in the same way mm-hmm. as something like Ready or Not, where it's like, you know, literally let's burn down the rich. Um, that that is literally the that is the film. Um, uh, so, so you consider Ready or Not a comedy? Because that's that, that's what I, I, I'm wondering there. I, I it's got funny. I mean, moments. it has slasher. Mm-hmm. It has slasher elements. It like plays with the like idea of the final girl. Um, it it is. I think it's pretty funny, but I, and you know, it, I think it like kind of actually meets a trio of films that all came out around like a similar, I think like fiscal or like a uh, year where it was like us in March and then ready or not in the summer. And then, uh, you know, knives out. and then yeah, knives out and like parasite, you know, was released around mm-hmm. the same time. And all these movies are speaking to like in different ways, the horrors of like unfettered capitalism, uh, both like mm-hmm. in the U S and like globally. And that's kind of probably, it's probably one of the problems with ready or not. It's sort of gotten lost in the shuffle, I, which um, I think, I, I think, I think the other films that you mentioned are better than than ready or not was but ready or not was better than a lot of stuff that came out in the summer of 2019 it just it really got yeah, swallowed though, I will, up i will say that i'm so. not saying that ready or not is the best film ever made but it's i think it like has actually like a similar kind of vibe to like clue um in a lot of ways although much more bloody um mm. and yeah. Yeah. it you know, it it like it does like take it. It uses like some of the more much, yeah, much yeah. more bloody. So if anybody's listening, they're like, "Oh, I, I like Clue. We watched that as a family. I showed it with my kids." It's no, like no, no, no. For a reason, you guys <laughs> pay attention to like the labels. Yes. Um, but like, um, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but you know, like it it does like take some of the more like ridiculous elements of like you know horror comedy like like things like actually we haven't mentioned him which I'm fine with except I'm going to like Tim Burton um it takes like some like Tim Burton like Sweeney Todd like kind of imagery um and like plays with that in really interesting ways and like the like callousness of like the family is really like interesting and how they like mix it with like them owning a game company it's all just very interesting um and I think like it knows its genre and it knows it's kind of a B horror movie and really leans into that. And also like the I won't spoil it, but the the emotional arcs of the characters is really interesting in a way I wasn't expecting because of the tropes of certain aspects of the genre of like horror and the gothic via mm. Jane Eyre, which probably means nothing to anyone unless you've read both of those things and things similarly to me. Yeah, but, no, um, I mean, haven't uh, seen it. I know, I know where you're going. I get where you're going yeah, with it. Yeah, but you know, it's um, it's 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 a really interesting film, and it if you like kind of like dark horror and don't mind some bl- okay, a lot of blood, then um. <laughs> You know, it could be uh, a really like nice Halloween diversion for you because mm-hmm. Practical Magic isn't streaming anywhere. So, 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 so well, I had, before we resolve nothing, I had one more. Because I, uh, okay. what, what about what about stuff like um like a lot of the Bloomhouse stuff? So, my favorite horror movie, I guess, of the last couple of years, I really, really liked Happy Death Day, and I think this fits 
is it is it meta commentary like a scream? Is it just very self aware? I love. I mean, has anybody else seen it? Mm-mm. I've seen both of them. I've seen Happy Death no. Day and Happy Death Day too. I loved it. I, I thought I, the first one especially I thought was great. John, what you you said you have seen it? I thought it was fun. Yeah, I didn't see the second one. I thought it was fun. Um, aiming for a scream sort of uh thing yeah um pretty funny i don't know if i can have i have any much more to say besides that <laughs> uh for well for context it's doing i mean and maybe it's just you know the subgenre quickly becoming a major genre of it's a groundhog day movie um <laughs> and and like you know the gr- the groundhog day trope i just guess just it lends itself to you know, to meta commentary very well because that's just it lets you know, since the very nature of of a time loop is let's comment on this thing because we're just gonna repeat the same day over and over again. Um yeah, it, let's dissect talk, this thing. Yeah. Well, right. So yeah, it, so yeah. It, it becomes a very thinky movie just because of what of what it of what it is. And it's li- it's literally trying to like sort of all right, if you can repeat the same day over and over again, you can analyze this horror movie from 18 different angles because we're going to just kind of go through it and look at, you know, look at the killer this way. And, and you know, it's a, it's a whodunit, like Hannah was was yeah. saying, you know, with Scream, but it's a whodunit where you can sort of pick it apart because because you just keep seeing, you know, different uh, di- different aspects of it. And then they do the same thing in Happy Death Day 2, which is which is oddly more science fiction-y than the first one is. I also think that the Groundhog Day story um, lends itself really well to horror as well, mm-hmm. because um, it, it one of the one of the ways to kind of define something as horror is that if it it kind of violates our understandings of the natural world, right? That's one of the what's something that makes mm-hmm. something monstrous. And so, yeah, the way our you know we conceive of linear time, so the, the, the just the idea of a Groundhog Day is kind of a natural fit for a horror film. So, is actual Groundhog Day? Is that a horror movie? Um, not because of the context. If you change the context, maybe just slightly, then yeah. But um, but as it is, I, mean, I don't think so. Just a slightly movie that there. has Andy McDowell in it is not a horror movie. Oh, but she's in I Ready, mean, but she's in Ready or Not, and and she's great. She is. She yes. Is. Oh yeah. my God. Okay. Yeah, she, she's great. I'm, just, isn't I'm she? an idiot in pop culture today. <laughs> well, you know, uh, four weddings and a funeral is pretty horrific to me. Um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> I don't know, but she, she's great. In, she's great in Ready or Not, Andy she McDowell. Is. Yeah, and, and, and so I, I don't know. See this film, obviously. It, it's it's worth. I mean, well, I guess we could tell we can tell the plot because the plot is given away literally in the trailer. Oh, it is not like a movie with surprises. I mean, there's a few minutes. at the end. No, it's there's not a surprises. movie about twists and turns. It's a movie about execution of this basic premise, which is um, a young woman played by Samara Weaving is marrying into a rich family. And the family tradition is um, the on your wedding night when you marry into the family, you've got to play a game. They own a gaming empire, so you've got to play some game. You draw a random card from their from their collection of here are the games that we have, and um, and then you play the game. And that welcomes you. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that and welcomes you to the family. And, and it's hide and she seek. draws oh, the card that says hide and seek. But hide and seek is hide and seek is the bad card because their version of hide and seek means um means you go hide. hide. 
And then the rest of us try to kill you before dawn. Yeah. And also the family gets money from the devil because capitalism is literally the devil. Well, that was oh. the one. That's the one surprise in the film. That, you is, not a, that is not a surprise. Well, it's done in the trailer. They tell you, I mean, they, they tell oh. you a good 15 minutes in. Uh, <laughs> no, the surprises are more, I think, what we'd say emotional and. Okay, sure. And that's, I mean, it's, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a slasher film, but like a comedy. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's, watch it's ready worth, or not. It's worth a watch. Also, Adam Brody's in it, but he's not like usual Adam Brody of like <laughs> OC, like happy go lucky. And it turns out he can act in like a different role. Um, wow. Wow. Like, I love Adam Brody. He was on Gilmore Girls. He was very sweet. That's what I thought like he did. Also, apparently he was in Scream 4. Apparently I haven't been paying attention. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Now you can resolve nothing. Else. Yeah, so so so, so we're resolve nothing. What's up no. with that? <laughs> oh my god! Well, actually, I think we resolved quite a bit today. Go for it. What, what, what did we resolve? Oh man, we're okay. doing a PBS special. <laughs> here's here's, here's what, what I learned, learned today. today. As Hannah, um, I think that I think we seem to agree that that in the map of the mind, uh, humor and horror actually occupy a lot of the same territory. I think that's fair. Yeah. Oh. So that's, I think that's a valuable thing to know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think we can all resolve that. God knows we need a laugh during yes. this yeah. time. During, during horrific times. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. And I think there's one other thing that I feel like I have to say about this particular show. What's that? I have, because I'm a veteran of the show. And I just want to say that we got through this entire podcast without once mentioning Riverdale. Riverdale Riverdale isn't funny. Riverdale is serious, dramatic horror. We'll talk about it next what? week. No. It is it is extremely funny unintentionally sometimes. Um like it's all often CW shows. Funny. Uh like all CW shows, which actually yeah, like, yeah. you know, I zombie vampire diaries, we could have talked about that stuff. Yeah. And Buffy? We didn't I, talk about Buffy? We oh, the, right. Nancy oh, well. Drew, the Nancy oh, Drew show, the new sure. Nancy Drew show. Yeah. Is great, actually. Cabin in the woods. Cabin in the woods. Also, yeah, like the, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, we might have to do a show one day. We'll do not, not necessarily on horror, but like on on ju- just on the idea of meta commentary in film, right? Because there's mm-hmm. so Cabin in the Woods, the Scream series. There, there are, um, and you know, those are two horror ones. But um, in action movies, um, Last Action Hero. Um, there are a lot of movies where the entire purpose of the film is to comment on, to vocally comment on the genre that it is, that it is. I, and I would say Bride of Frankenstein beat all those movies to the punch. Quite possibly. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So. yeah. Bride of Frankenstein is a movie about making a Frankenstein movie. Yeah. So we've resolved that everyone should watch Bride of Frankenstein. We resolved everyone should watch Ready or Not, I think, and Parasite. <laughs> and everyone should not watch Orgy of the Damned. No. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're resolved everyone should give a five star review to Vox Popcast. Everyone oh, should give a five star review on on Popcast and and write a you know give a five star rating and write the review. The review is very important. That helps other people find the show. But before we go into plugging our own show, uh Danny, where can people find you? Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, Sectarian Review Podcast is on all your podcatchers and there's a website. If you just, you know, just Google it, you'll find it. Uh, I, I'm on Twitter at Danny P. Anderson. I love to 
uh, talk to the folks. So uh, reach out. I'll I'll reach back and uh, and and not in a scary way. I yeah, suppose that, that, that sounded yeah. in context. Was- yeah, in the context. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and my favorite movie, uh, regardless of genre, is an American Werewolf in London, which is uh, oh. a great horror comedy. Oh. Oh, definitely. definitely. That's oh, a whole other episode. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe we didn't talk about that. That's amazing. <laughs> Maybe we should do yeah. horror yeah. comedy part two. <laughs> yeah, we might have to do that. Uh, John. Yes. Um, you can, if you so choose, follow me on Twitter at John D. Hadlock. Um, but I just retweet um, Marxists and poetry. <laughs> Uh, dot org or whatever so it's not, I'm not a great follow but if you like those things which I do. put it on your timeline <laughs> that's all I got Michael uh, you can follow me on Twitter at NotoriousPhD but don't because I never tweet uh, I just have that handle and I'm you really the, proud of it. Yeah, you have like one of the coolest Twitter handles and you don't use it at all. Um, don't use it. Uh, maybe I should try to use it. But yeah. um, I'm also the director of a new thing called the Center for Monster Studies at the University of California, Santa Cruz. And as soon as we have a website, I will come back on the show and tell you what the website is. And you should also plug the book. Oh, uh, the Monster and Theater History, This Thing of Darkness from Rutledge, 2018. You mm-hmm. can get it on Amazon right now. Um, and I love to come on here and plug my books. That's <laughs> the best. And linked in the show notes, as always. <laughs> Thank you. Follow Drum Hannah. Uh, I guess you can find me on this podcast um, and on Twitter at Hanley Rogers. And you know, you might actually get me to tweet because the election's coming up and I'm still very annoyed about Mississippi's absentee voting system, even though I don't vote there anymore. I'm very angry about it because it's it's impossible to understand their statutes, even if you have a law degree. Anyway, whatever. It's fine. It's not fine. Voter suppression's the true Great. horror of our time. I thought you were going to yeah. say um, Cindy was, but you know. <laughs> I mean, there are many there are many outcomes yeah, of voter suppression, Mav. Some some of them truly mm-hmm. horrific. Ah, uh, and Wayne. Stop following me. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that was yeah. dark. Again, in the context of this show, particularly. Stop following me. Outside. <laughs> They're in the house. Call is coming from inside the podcast. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, mostly here these days. Uh, yeah, I, I have the Instagram and I have a blog. And the Instagram, I, I update every day with. Uh, uh, with photos, um, usually just one a day. You're you're you're, you're a big one photo a day kind of guy. Every yep. once in a while, there's more, but yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it's I, I've done one a day since like late March or early April. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they are quite beautiful photographs, really. Yes, they are. Thank, you, yeah. Thank you. And you can follow me yeah. on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, all of the places. Always at Chris Maverick. You can follow the show at Vox Popcast again on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can follow the show's blog at www.voxpopcast.com, where you get to learn about what we're going to talk about next week, which, spoiler alert, is Horrigan, actually. And you can leave us comments and things that we might address on the show. You can suggest topics for future shows. You can comment on this show by going to the blog and reading the show notes and telling us what your thoughts are, what you liked, what you didn't like, how the hell did we forget whatever movie we forgot that we obviously should have talked about. You can tell us all kinds of things like that. And if you enjoy the show, and we certainly hope you do, then subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever the hell else you get podcasts from. And like Wayne said earlier, leave us a five-star review on, uh, on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes. 
and that will stop monsters from getting you. It will. That's the True. only way to survive. <laughs> the only way to survive the monster and to survive the horrors, you have to give the Box Popcast a five star review and probably also not have sex because that usually lends, leads to demise. But so, so, I don't so, want to hear about that. That was just only in the review. 70s, okay? Uh, okay. <laughs> Some bizarre <laughs> version of the ring. Um, yes. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, leave, leave us a five star review. That helps other people find the show, makes us Wait more popular, and moves up. But if you leave a five star review, are you then not allowed to have sex? Because that's, <laughs> oh, that's kind of just no. Once you me. leave a once you leave a five star review, go out and have all the sex you want. It's fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why am I on this podcast? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, and I've lost my spot, so I'm just gonna say I want to thank Maximilian of Thoughtborn Music for our epic theme song, building ever so more epically and playing us out. I'd like to thank you at home for listening. Thank all of our guests for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye. Bye. What do you think will be the next obstacle the Earth people will put in our way? Well, as long as they can think, we'll have our problems.